My what name is, is Charles M. Briner. I was born in Middletown, New York on September 17th, 1941. I grew up in Middletown. I graduated from Middletown High School in 1959, Orange County Community College in 1962, and Northern Arizona University for a bachelor's degree in 1964. I did a year of graduate work in history in Arizona and then worked at Middletown State Hospital, later Middletown Psychiatric Center, for, for my career. I moved to Claryville to my grandmother's summer house in 1974 after I married Iris Gonzalez. Back in the 50s when the polio epidemics were raging in Middletown, I was packed off to Claryville for most of the summer to avoid the polio epidemic. In Horton Hospital they had a special wing for uh, mostly children and iron lungs that kept them alive. When I was in the eighth grade, there was a girl who was at home in an iron lung. Bancroft, I think was her name. And they set up a, a communication via telephone and a speaker so she could participate in some of the classes. This was when I was in the seventh grade, I think. The Memorial Junior High School on Linden Avenue in Middletown. Uh, my wife was born in Puerto Rico, but came as when she was an infant to New York City and lived in Hell's Kitchen. Uh, grew up there and uh, moved to Middletown to get out of the city with her two daughters. Uh, 1966, maybe. I'm not sure of that, about then. So that's where you met? You, you I met my wife in the state hospital. She was working there. I was in the recreation department. She, at the time, was working on the wards, but later became a psychiatric social worker. I always loved it up here. I wanted to get out of Middletown, and there was a job opening up here in Sullivan County, we were both working for the state and we both managed to get assigned to a psychiatric daycare program in South Fallsburg, which we worked there from 1974 to 79. And then we worked uh, in, uh, they moved the program to Liberty and we worked there from 79 to 74 and then I was transferred back to Middletown and I worked two years from 84 to 85 in the family care unit down in Middletown which was uh, w working with patients who were boarded out in homes, private homes which involved quite a lot of traveling back and forth to the home. I loved that job and uh, then I became a treatment team leader in the administration in 1970, 
85, I believe. And I left out one important thing that I did serve in the United States Army from 1966 to 68, which included a tour in Vietnam. I uh, was in Hawaii, signed to Hawaii in the 11th Infantry Brigade. And in December of 1967, they sent the whole brigade from Hawaii to Vietnam on a World War II era troop ship. We were packed in there like sardines. There were t about 2,500 troops on this troop ship. And uh, the food was awful. It was all powdered. The eggs were literally green. We had powdered potatoes, mashed potatoes. And they told us don't eat the black spots and the potatoes because the roaches were up in the wiring of these big potato mashing machines, which would occasionally drop in there. And there was nothing to do really on the ship, so it was kind of boring. I read the novel Hawaii since I'd been there by Mitchner while I was going over. That past time Hawaii. How long was the journey? 19 days, as I recall. That made us glad to get to war just to get off that ship. And we we landed in Quinion Harbor. And well, with the whole brigade, there were two troop ships. I was on the USS General William Weigel, or Weigel, W-E-I-G-E-L. And uh, we had another troop ship, a freighter with heavy equipment for the artillery and armored unit. We had a submarine escort, and we were shadowed by Russians by a Russian submarine on the way over. We crossed the international date, date line, which added a day on the calendar, but we actually lost a day. <clears throat> and we landed Quinion Harbor uh, on December 22nd, and we got off at night. It may have been the 22nd or the 23rd when we got off the ship. They issued us live ammunition on the ship. And our M16s were padlocked right to our uh, bunks. They were canvas bunks. And I was smart enough. They were four high. I got a top bunk next to air ducts. There was nobody above me or nobody next to me. So I knew nobody was going to puke on me on the way over. <coughs> Which did happen frequently. Fortunately, I don't get seasick. And uh, we went on a convoy from Quinion Harbor. It was dark. And all the next day, and moved into a temporary base camp up near Duck Fall. Uh, and we moved into a permanent LZ. They call them landing zones, LZ Bronco, shortly thereafter. It was after New Year's, and I was there for the Tet Offensive. My company had seven men wounded, one man killed the opening night of Tet, which was the night of January 31st, morning of February 1st. They hit all over the country about 3 o'clock in the morning uh, at Saigon, Hue, a lot of other cities. Uh, 
it was the height of the war. We had over half a million troops in Vietnam at that time. Yeah. Well, Hawaii was quite mountainous and pretty. I didn't care for it, though. I felt very isolated out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean on this relatively small island. I, with the company clerk, Tom Covio, did get a uh, three-day pass, and we flew to the big island of Hawaii, saw the volcano, rented a car, and went all around. How was that transition from the war to marriage to moving up to the Well, I, we got married five years after I got back from Vietnam. Uh, it was traumatic in that... I was out with my M16, sometimes an M60 machine gun, and I, when I was discharged, I turned in my weapon, and I rode a truck, supply truck, up to Chulai, which was the division headquarters. <clears throat> Stayed overnight in uh, the transit barracks, which was nothing more than a regular squad tent pitched right on the beach with army cots in it. Actually, it was quite nice, and uh, then they flew me, and I remember going up in that truck without my rifle, and I think I would have rather not had my pants. And <laughs> then from July, I flew on an army plane to, to Da Nang, and then flew home uh, on a Pan Am charter flight. Nobody I knew, but it was all guys going home. And we stopped in Japan briefly. Uh, they said it was Japan. It was all cloudy and locked in with clouds. And they let us off the plane into an airport for a while while they refueled the plane and back on the plane. And then to Seattle, Tacoma, uh, Fort Lewis, Washington. <coughs> It was nighttime when uh, we got to the discharging center in Fort Lewis. First thing they did, they fed us a steak dinner, and then we had a physical um, processed out. Uh, they issued us all the money we had due, which was quite a lot. Uh, the uh, and then I took a cab with some other guys to the Seattle-Tacoma airport and we were hanging around till 6 a.m. when the bar opened and hit the bar and I stayed a few days with my cousin and his wife whom I went to school with in Arizona who lived in Seattle not, not long but you know, I couldn't sleep you know. and this was so fast uh, you know from Army to civilian, uh, you know, less than two days, three days maybe, yeah, with a rifle and then back home, so to speak. And I was, got home, I flew home from Seattle to Coma after spending a couple of days with my cousin and his wife. <clears throat> and uh, the two of us arrived back to my cousin's house because he got caught up in the discharge celebration in the airport bar. 
And we got uh, home to his place about 11 o'clock. Both of us pretty drunk. I had no concept of time crossing the international date line. and uh, But anyway, I flew home. And luckily, I had my job waiting for me. If I hadn't, I probably would have turned into a drunk. But having that job, and I went back right away. I went back so fast that I couldn't even get a paycheck the next day or the next the payday. Same job. Same job. Yeah, I, state leave. Mm-hmm. military leave absence mm-hmm. and uh, fortunately I was working with people that were supportive and it gave me something to focus on which was not the war and I started going with my wife the following May and we that was 60 May of 69, although I met her as soon as I got back. And uh, we went together for five years, and we got engaged, and I married her, which was the best thing I ever did. CW Post had a program at the hospital, state hospital, and I got my master's degree through CW Post in community mental health counseling. Yeah, I got that on the VA program. They, they mm-hmm. paid me while I was in school. Mm-hmm. It was part-time. Yeah, I was still working full-time. She got a degree over time from Orange County Community... No, Sullivan County Community College in mental health assisting. Oh. <clears throat> and then she got... She had a leave of absence, part-time leave of absence to do that. And then later on, while we were working up here, she went to uh, New Paltz and got her bachelor's degree. And then quite a few years later, got accepted into the Albany uh, Albany University, SUNY, Mm -hmm. uh, to the social work Mm -hmm. school, which was quite an honor. It's pretty hard to get in that school, from what I understand. And she got her master's in social work, MSW, and became a licensed clinical social worker. That was okay with her? Yeah, she was happy. She's adjusted. She likes it now. And so you two have been in the same house? Yes, ever since. Okay. Did you have children? Well, she had two daughters. Okay. And were they living with you at the time? Oh, yes. They were small when we got married. So they grew up here? Yes. They went to school? Which Dry Valley. Dry Valley. Mm. Okay, so your, her daughters had completely different childhood from her own childhood. Yes. What do you think life for her children, your children too now, um, um, like, you know, growing up here? What? It was quite difficult at first. You know, the school and the the change. How old were they when they... Uh, Tina was in the 7th or 8th grade, and Julie was maybe 2 or 3 years behind. Yeah. Yeah. They both moved back to Middletown after they 
graduated. Huh. Well, Tina school. worked in uh, worked in uh, Grove Singers for a while. She was a hostess at the dining room, which she liked. She met a lot of famous people. She wanted to know who that old drunk Hetty Fisher was. She loved Henny Youngman. He was always a gentleman and very nice. She hated Robert Goulet. She thought he was a drunk. But she, she met a lot of famous people there. She's very sociable. She's uh, done very well. She's now working in... Uh, uh, she lives in Middletown in the house I grew up in. And uh, is working for the state court system in Rockham County. We, uh, back then, uh, pretty close to the river. Okay. And, um, when it comes so out by, we have waterfront property. Because <laughs> <laughs> the river has changed so much with the flooding. Right. How did you fare during the hurricane? Not that well. We didn't have any water in the house. But it got in the garage and uh, my beer garden. Oh, it was a mess. But I have good friends that helped out a lot. They power washed the garage and the beer garden. I had to replace one floor. And it, and I had to take, I have an antique car. I have a 1971 Ford LTD convertible, black with a white interior. I used it to court my wife. And uh, I still have that. It's along the brook. And we built that up about four feet. It was already high, but the water came over at Nirene. And we put uh, rock gabions in, you know, the wire boxes yeah. with the old rocks. And I put some real big rocks in there. I hauled 116 loads of rock with this thing the first year we had it, which was not 2000. March 2013, started doing that. So we had three floods in a row up here. We had one October 1st, 2010. Then we had Irene in August, I think the 28th, 2011. And then we had another flood September 16th, I think it was in 2012, which was kind of a local event. Same thing, we had water in the property all over, we had to do all the stuff we did before, all over again. So uh, that's when I decided to start building uh, the walls up. And like I had, I built them about three and four feet high, and they're well reinforced. And I had a lot of help doing it. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, had a truck and he brought in some real big stones and a power, you know, a bucket loader to, to move them. Mm -hmm. So we're in pretty good shape. The river's not near us even. Yeah. Uh, there were two houses between us and the river oh, and wow. they're both gone because of the flooding. Oh, wow. When, so when did that happen? When did uh, those houses 2011 and 12, they both got flooded out. The wow. whole houses got yeah, they yeah, got ruined. Wow. So they tore them down, the owners. Huh. Wow. Were, were they lived in full time? So no. They, okay. they were, well, one 
No, not at the time. That's, that, you're losing yeah. your neighbors too. Yeah. That's, yeah. Well, they were they were summer houses. Okay. Do you feel like the firm that you built has been effective at keeping, or do you just not well, know yet? Well, fortunately, they haven't been tested yet. Okay. But I knew the high water mark, and I know they're higher than the high water mark. The flood of 2012, I didn't see because we were in Montreal celebrating my birthday. We went up on the train, and a friend of ours that lives here took us to the train station in Albany, and it just rained like hell going up the throughway. We ran out of it when we got up closer to Canada. But that night, late afternoon, I guess is when the flood occurred. And uh, I've been a volunteer fireman up here for years. Then I went to fire police when I got older. And the flood of October 1, 2010, there was a woman got washed away on uh, Hunter Road down here. Wow. And uh, they found her, we found her car about a mile down the river. The fire company was doing the rescue and recovery. Uh, and they fished a poor woman out of the reservoir. St. Reservoir, right by the dam. Uh, yeah, it just, that's, you live near a river, you got, you know, you, other places you got earthquakes, other places you got, a, well, Florida, I'm thinking of the hurricanes, but that's what we had up here. Uh, yeah, live with it, we managed. It's always flooded. There was a big flood up here in 1938, one in November 1950 that was just as bad as Irene, actually worse. I hope to die there.